Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see here. We got today, uh, 4 March. It's 4 March, Sunday. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. A few things to mention. First, I have a bandana on, which came from Joe and Barb, who were here last week. There were two couples, and Joe and Barb handed me this, and it has all the names of Jesus all over it. I mean, it's got Redeemer and King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and right right up here it says Jesus. But, I mean, it's it's a fan. I was reading it, and I was just running out of uh, brain power to assimilate all the names that are written on there. So I want to thank them for that. And let's see here. I have in the back, when you go in the back, you can look at it. It's, uh, it's a painting that somebody made for us, and you're going to love it. It smells really good. It's still fresh paint on there. And I think I have the letter from him. Uh, I do. It's this. Um, this is, it, it is really beautiful. And I'll post a picture of this on the video today. But uh, Charlie Garrett, and then he, if you know me, you'll laugh at the first part. Please accept this free gift. <laughs> There's no such thing as a free gift. It's either free or it's a gift. But, you know, so, he, and then he put LOL. Cause, so he, he, was, he was picking on me. Of course, I'm joking. He says, it is one of three similar original paintings all created for you, Pastor J.D. Farag, who's out in Hawaii, and Evangelist Anita Fuentes, who I don't know. And I don't have my iPad to look her up. So um, anyway, uh, these were done to quite literally glorify his name. And it says in large letters, Yeshua. It's the name of Christ. So uh, purple is the essential color used throughout because purple often represents royalty, nobility, and power. And then he gave some nice comments about the church, which... um, Anyway, he says, uh, enclosed you will also find a bandana I picked up in Japan while on vacation, and it's really pretty. So I'll have that on eventually. And this is from Adrian, and I can't pronounce his last name well. It's G-U-A-J-A-R-D-O. And I'm sure we have somebody in here that could pronounce that, but I don't want to abuse his last name. But I really appreciate that. This is a person that... He's a friend on Facebook. He's been very quiet. He's never hinted that he watched or anything. And all of a sudden, this comes in the mail. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. So, and it's, it, it's really beautiful. You're going to love to see this thing. So, uh, And while I'm over here, I might as well pull these two things up as well. If anybody online, I'm sure nobody here does, but if you do, let me know. These are for an Epson printer, a T019201 cartridge. I got two of them. They're brand new. They'll never get used, and I hate to throw stuff away. So if anybody has an Epson printer that can use this type of cartridge, email me, and I'll mail it to you because I hate throwing I hate waste, but I happen to have those, and uh, I know that's not a prophecy issue, but it's just I don't – probably more people – there are more chances on the update than anywhere else for that to uh, – right. Uh, no, it didn't. That's from a different type of printer, and I don't want to tell you the story. It's so embarrassing. Um, it really is. It has to do with stuff I find on the side of the road that I scrap, okay? And I screwed something up very badly, and hence there are two unused cartridges. So um, I, I just feel so bad. I'll tell you after the update. And then one more thing. I got a letter from somebody in Omaha. They did not give a name. They uh, just sent a letter, and they sent something along with the letter. But uh, I want to read this to you just because it's so kind. You know, somebody from Omaha, sends a letter and they don't even enclose their name. It's just a a kind thing. Thank you so much for your online ministry. You've got me back to reading my Bible almost daily, they say. And so that, that, uh, when I've read that, that is where my heart is. It's not in prophecy updates. It's not in, you know, uh, my heart is in people reading the Bible more than anything else. So uh, that just really touched me. And then, um, uh, it says, uh, greetings from central Nebraska, where flowers from the garden in a vase are months away. May God continue his blessing on you. And then they included flowers in a vase because that's all they have right now in uh, central Nebraska. So thank you very much, whoever sent that. That means a lot to me that you would do that. And um, some people that are visiting today from Gadsden, is that what it is? Gadsden, Alabama. It's uh, Brian and Bonnie. They're down here, Brian and Bonnie Sheen, but no relation to Charlie. And they are down visiting, and they came to the Superior Word this morning while they're here in Florida. So that means a great deal to us, and I appreciate that very much. It's wonderful to have you here. 
And then one more thing that I'll just announce. Just, uh, is she here? I don't see her. My wife, is she back there? Oh, she's back there hiding. It was her birthday this week. And so uh, I didn't want to announce it in advance and have everybody get all blubbery about it. But I want to say that um, we did something yesterday that I've been saving up all year for. It was, I took her up in a helicopter all around Sarasota. And my mom came with us in Hidako did not want to do this. She didn't know it was coming. When we got to the, I didn't want to tell her because it would have been fighting all the way up there. So we got to the airport and uh, she, she says, I don't want to do this. And I said, just get in. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm telling you what, we got eight feet off the ground and she turned around with the biggest smile. I've got a picture of it. I'll put it, hopefully, if I remember. And by the time we got down, she was like, I don't want to get down. I want to stay up. It was, it was wonderful. If you want to do something really unusual, it's expensive. You're going to have to save for it. But go up in a helicopter. We went all the way up to the, the uh, Sunshine Skyway Bridge. We went all over Egmont Key and uh, all the way down south. We went over Stephen King's house down in uh, Casey Key. Circled around our house three times. The guy was great about that. And she's, oh, there's my car, she says. <laughs> so so it, was, it was a really cool uh, time out there. We got to see um, manatee and porpoise swimming out there, and we circled around them. And the porpoise know the helicopters, and they jump out of the water for you. So it made it fun as well. And we also went over, if you know who Brian Johnson is, if you like uh, heavy metal uh, ACDC, we flew over his house, and he's got a uh, a, a guitar shaped uh, swimming pool, and yeah, and then we went over Jerry Springer's house, and uh, then we flew around my my son, his building where he works out on uh, Bird Key. So it was a good time, and I'm I'm just getting everybody that may come to Sarasota. You know, if you're watching online, you ever come to Sarasota, and if you have a bit of money and you want to do something really really fun, send me an email, and I will give you the the name of the people. There's some that only have small helicopters, so you can only have two people, the pilot and you. This one would hold four people, and uh, it was it was really worth doing. It was it was an excitement, and uh, so. Where did you go to get? On? Where did we go? To get onto the helicopter. Which airport? Which oh, airport? it was at Sarasota, oh, right okay. at the main airport, and oh, then okay. it's just in a hangar up oh, at the northeast corner of it, okay. and it, it was a good time. So I, I recommend it, but be ready to pay quite a bit and uh, save your pennies because uh, it, it, it you know these things are five hundred thousand for a cheap one, and one of them they had in their hangar was a million dollar. A helicopter, and yeah, it's not big. You know, it just is a turbojet instead of a whatever you call it. A anyway, but they put regular gas in these things. You know, they just fill it up with. You know, it's a little higher octane, hundred octane. Anyway, we'll get into the update here before we. Um, first category is Israel. Let's see here from M E M South Africa, which already has enough trouble of its own. I don't know if you heard what's happening with South Africa. It, we know Cape Town is losing its water. Jonestown is it uh, is also having water problems, and uh, they voted this week, this week in the South Africa government to take away all white-owned farms with no recompense. They're just taking them away, and they've uh, decided that it is the same path that Rhodesia took when it became Zimbabwe. And it's, it never works because people, the first thing they have to do, it's not a racial thing. What it is, is it's a family-oriented thing. If you don't have the proper family structure in a nation, okay, and I'm talking about a father, a mother, and obedience of the children to the Lord, it's not going to work. And they don't uh, by this article here. You'll know that. But it's, it's going to happen exactly what happened in Zimbabwe, and there's going to be dead people all over the place. The productivity is going to go down. This isn't this isn't a guess. This is what's going to happen. It's happened every single time that this has happened, whether it's in Africa or, or uh, the Philippines or Russia, wherever. It doesn't make any difference. It's when you take away a stable uh, working of a government and you do what they are doing now, it is only going to lead to death and disaster. So mark my words, we'll watch it happen very soon. And here's a, another thing that they have done, which is, it, it, this is as stupid as a football bat. South Africa to cut diplomatic ties with Israel. The South African government is intending to cut diplomatic ties with Israel in protest of its treatment of the Fakistanian people. The majority party has agreed the government must cut diplomatic ties with Israel given the absence of genuine initiatives by Israel to secure lasting peace and a viable two-state solution that includes full freedom and democracy for the Fakistanians. 
The government's decision was further confirmed on the South African Parliament's official Twitter account. South Africa has been a staunch ally of the Fakistinian struggle and regularly spoke out against the atrocities committed by the Israeli government. Now, the first thing I will say is, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, I don't like the word fortunately based on what it comes from, fortune, you know, but it's a word we use. Um, uh, today, when we open, and if you get a chance, go back and watch the opening comments by Jim, he reads directly from Innocence Abroad, um, which is Mark Twain's account in the 1860s of him traveling through Israel. And this guy, he didn't read all of it, but he details the number of people that are in the land, what type of people they are, how much wealth there is, are there any trees in the area he's at? And it is written history. This isn't something that somebody just made up saying, oh, there's going to be Israel back in the land in another 80 years, and so I'm going to make up a lie in advance. This is recorded history of somebody that had no reason to say anything except exactly what he saw. And this that we're seeing here is an absolute lie. That's an absolute lie that they were all these Fakistinians in the land before and that they have a right to the land. And it's all a lie. Go white, read Innocence Abroad. Don't believe these people. But um, that's their stand. South Africa is cutting off diplomatic ties with Israel and they're cutting off their nose in the process. But from Ynet, Amnesty International says Israel violated Fakistinians' rights. Okay, they come out and they say this every year, just like the UN. It says in 2017-2018 report, Israel violated the Fakistinians' rights by detaining citizens without a trial. Okay, when somebody comes into your land and they try to explode you, you have a right, because they are terrorists and they're not actually citizens of your land, you have a right to detain them. I don't know how long they do this. They eventually give everybody a trial. They're probably talking about 30 days without a trial or something, whatever. Um, but Expanding the settlement, which is something that they ought to be doing. They ought to be expanding all over that country. Restricting freedom of movement, meaning of the Fakistinians. We'll take care of that in just a second. And demolishing homes in the West Bank. They're always illegal homes or they're homes which are targeted for destruction because they committed a terrorist attack. And it is their policy to destroy the home of anybody that commits a terrorist attack. So they're not telling the full side of the story. They're telling the little part that they want the world to hear um, in the West Bank and in the Negev while forcibly evacuating their inhabitants. Only when the rule of law applies. They don't arbitrarily do this. It is a lie. Okay, from Jerusalem Post to take care of at least one of those issues that Amnesty International had a problem with and South Africa government, 15 million. That's a lot. That's 15 with a lot of zeros after it. 15 million Fakistinian crossings into Israel in 2017. They opened their borders and they allowed them to cross into their land. These are not citizens of Israel. They come to work. They come to uh, do their jobs. They all get a bet much better pay and a better job than they would ever get in their own land, which they wouldn't have a job at all. Okay, so they get this free travel. If a Jew was to go in the opposite direction, that Jew would be killed. Okay, these people come in, they freely work. They're allowed to go in with their visas and they do their job 15 million times last year. It is an absolute lie what is being said against Israel time and time and time and time again. So we need to make sure that we stand on these things from uh, Al Arabiya. West Bank settlers grew twice the rate of Israel's overall population last year. Good job. I'm very glad to hear this. This uh, then is predicting that settlement growth would surge even more in the coming years, thanks in part to the Trump presidency. Very proud of our president. Yaakov Katz said that President Trump, backed by a Mideast team dominated by settler supporters, has created a friendly new atmosphere conducive to settlement growth after eight contentious years with the Obama White House. He's a friend of Israel, he's favoring their policies, and they are starting to expand into settlements, which before they were afraid to do because of our previous crummy president. All right, this is the first time after years that we are surrounded by people who really like us, love us, and they are not trying to be objective, Kat said. We have to thank God he sent Trump to be president of the United States. Very happy to hear this. I'm glad that Israel understands this. Some of them over there are lefties and they don't like Trump and they never will, just like people here. But he is doing his best for the right causes so far. Um, I had a 
Kyle back here sent me something on Facebook uh, uh, about guns this week, and I said, I think, you know, because he's made a couple comments about guns, I think he's doing a couple of things. I think he's riling up the left thinking that he's going to side with them when he's not going to. He makes an offhanded comment about something, and then he goes and does the opposite. He's very good about upsetting the left, and I'm happy about it. I hope that's what the, the case with the guns as well. Okay, but we'll see. Um, if it's not, then it would be the very first thing that he's done that I've said, I totally disagree with that. Okay, so far I have agreed with pretty much everything he's done. He's been right on target, and I think it's because he has Christians praying for him. Yeah. That's what I think is he's got his his support from us, and we need to continue to do that. From the Times of Israel, Fakistinians slam Facebook. Okay, on Facebook, we've had a couple people in here this week go into timeout because they posted something. One of them was two years ago, okay, and they went back and they found his post and they took him off. One of my friends up in North Carolina had this happen to him. He posted some, he posted the Christian pledge on Facebook and they, they put him in timeout. The Christian pledge, it says something like, um, I promise to uphold the biblical values of this and that and to uh, uh, be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it was, it's an innocuous little thing, and they blocked him. Who was they? Um, uh, Facebook. Facebook. They, they block you so you can't make any posts. So very sad that that happened. But listen to what this says. It says, Fakistinians slam Facebook for removing pages glorifying attacks on Israelis. Okay, we get banned for simply posting the Christian pledge or something that you said two years ago. And what happens? They have been for years now making these posts about killing Israelis and nothing's been done. So finally, somebody complained and they took him off. It's probably back up by now, knowing Facebook. But um, it says, Fakistinian activists and journalists launched a campaign to protest against Facebook after the social media giant removed dozens of pages in recent weeks saying they incited and glorified terrorism. Facebook is waging war on the Fakistinians. The activists and journalists complained in a statement as they launched a Twitter hashtag entitled FB Fights Fakistine to protest the Facebook measures. Okay, obviously it says Palestine every time. I use the term fake because they are fake. We had more proof of that today. But anyway, um, they are allowed to almost indiscriminately say anything they want about Jews or killing anybody. And nothing is done about it. Well, this one got taken down, and now they're complaining that they can't, they can't, you know, we want to kill the Jews on Facebook. Anyway, it makes no sense, but on. Why not? Navy's new defense system can mislead enemy missiles. Now, this is something that other navies have had. Israel now has it as well. It's very nice. The Israeli Navy's defense systems will soon get an unprecedented upgrade, allowing Navy vessels to launch chaff rockets to mislead enemy missiles. The upgraded system would be able to deal with all kinds of threats, both new and future ones, at sea from the most advanced any-ship cruise missiles, such as the Russian P-800 Onyx, also known as the Yakhont, to shoulder-fired missiles, including the Russian 9M133 Cornet anti-tank guided missiles, uh, the likes of which have already been fired at ships in the Middle East in recent years. The system includes an algorithm that identifies and classes any kind of projectile making its way towards the Israeli missile ship, and then programs a unique diversion plan. Chaff rockets are launched from the front deck and create a wall over the water of hundreds of metal wires, which mislead the enemy missile into thinking this was the Israeli ship. This helps divert the enemy missile only a minute or two before it was to hit the Israeli ship. The new system's advanced control fire radar will know to classify such projectiles as a threat to the ship out of hundreds of other targets in the ship's immediate surroundings. It's very cool if you see like um, the C-130s that fly out there and they, they throw out these chaff rockets and things will go after that instead of that. Well, the U.S. Navy has had this for a while. A few other navies have had it. It sends up a missile and it explodes and it just drops tons of metal flakes and, and shards and stuff, and they just come very slowly floating down because of their design, like a feather. So it's a cloud, and the missile will fly towards the ship, see that, and it'll go and hit that instead. So it's very, very nice that they're doing this. Israel is at the forefront of all of these type of things. Whatever they have received, they have developed it uh, into a better system than they received it from whoever they bought it from, guaranteed, and it'll be very effective. So from Wynet, Israel, I talked about this last week and I said it was fake and here's a little more proof of that. Israel group mints Trump coin to honor Jerusalem recognition. I said that it's a money-making scam. 
It can be purchased with a minimum donation of $50. The coin cannot be used as currency. So it's not currency. It's not something. And you know what? They have this beautiful picture of what it would look like, and then the stamped copy is not nearly as nice. So save your money on that. Christian News Today, Breitbart. President Trump, Congress order extraordinary honors for the Reverend Billy Graham. I know that you've all seen this. If you like the guy, you watched his funeral. I'm going to read it anyway, just because I think that the man needs to be honored for what he did. I'm not one of these people that's out there poking fingers at him. President Trump and Congress took official action to honor the passing of Reverend Billy Graham through a presidential proclamation and the announcement that Graham's body will lie in honor in the U.S. Capitol. Only the fourth, the fourth private citizen in American history to receive such honors. President Trump issued a presidential proclamation that begins, as a mark of respect for the memory of Reverend Billy Graham, I hereby order by the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America that on the day of his internment, the flag of the U.S. shall be flown at half-staff. This proclamation covers not only the White House, but also all public buildings nationwide, all U.S. military installations, and all U.S. embassies around the world. So a Christian is being honored in our, you know, if this happened three years ago, there would have been none of this. So I'm very happy that a Christian is being honored in this way. Whether you like him or not, you ought to at least rejoice over that fact and let the rest of it go. From Christian Post, UMC, United Methodist Church, lead bishop tells both sides of the homosexuality debate to be open to changing one's mind to avoid a schism. What do you think his stand is going to be when the final vote comes up? Right? The UMC Council of Bishops president has urged his fellow church leaders to be open. Now, listen to what he says, changing one's mind. Remember that for a second. On the homosexuality debate to avoid a schism. First, why would anybody compromise their morals to avoid a schism in a church they shouldn't even be in anymore? Right? But whatever. Okay, we'll go on. Let's be open to Christ changing our minds. The word is written. The word is written. Christ isn't going to change anybody's mind about an issue that is already settled. That's how this works. Christ has spoken. Well, we'll get into this a little bit in our sermon today and definitely in the weeks to come. So with the Leviticus 26 punishment coming, right? All right. Yeah. Get ready for that. We'll talk about these type of issues. God does not change his mind. I, the Lord, your God, do not change. And he's saying, let's be open to Christ changing our minds. That's not the Christ of the Bible. Uh, let's show the world that what unity in the body of Christ looks like. Bishop Bruce R. Og said, let us practice the Lenten discipline, Lenten, you know, of listening to God and one another to the point of dying to ourselves. Let us practice the Lenten discipline of self-emptying. Now, here it goes. Remember I said, be open to changing your mind? Letting go of the positions we came here to defend and the battles we are plotting to wage. So now he says, make sure you let all of that go. You want to defend your position because maybe you think that this is still the word of God. Well, let's not do that. Okay, we'll go on. In his address on, Og confessed that his, listen to this, here's the final underlying thing for you to listen to, mind is made up on so many things. He said that his mind is made up on so many things. So he's telling everybody else to change their minds, but his mind is made up. So he's decided that he is going to cave on this homosexual issue, but he wants you to take his side. Okay, the whole thing is just bad. Og's message to the Council of Bishops comes as an Ohio UMC pastor is facing possible defrocking for entering a same-sex marriage, which he should be. Okay, last year, the United Methodist Judicial Council ruled six to three that the election of Bishop Karen Oliveto, a practicing lesbian, to oversee the Mountain Sky area of the UMC violated the church's ban on non-celibate homosexual clergy. Okay, so we have that, but guess what? Even though they said that what they did was wrong, she is still the bishop of that mountain sky area. So they are saying one thing, they're doing another, and they are leading an entire denomination down the road of apostasy. From JTA, one of Christianity's, I'm going to read these. This is over, but it's not over, and that's why I'm going to read all of these in order so you see what's going on in Israel. Israel and the Jews are getting a very bad mark from Christians over the past week, okay? The only friend that the Christians have in that area of the world is Israel. They're the only ones that are protecting Christian sites. They're the only ones that are protecting the rights of Christians. If you go into where the fake areas are, 
okay? The Christians are moving out or they're being killed or they're being persecuted, okay? That is not happening in the Jewish areas, but we're getting a bad stain and I want you to follow the progression of what's going on. One of Christianity's holiest sites closes to protest a new Israeli tax plan. It sounds really bad. Israel's going to tax the Christians, okay? So here's what it says. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem closed until further notice to protest a municipal tax policy and a bill that would allow the Israeli government to confiscate some church land in exchange for compensation. That's the side that they're saying. We'll go on. Haaretz, Church of the Holy Sepulchre crisis. Israel burns its bridges with the Christian world. This is a lefty magazine in Israel, and they're saying we're burning our bridges between Jews and Christians. All right, next one. Jerusalem Post, Church of the Holy Sepulchre issue being used to clobber Israel. Okay, Jordanian Foreign Minister Ayman Safadi slammed Israel on Monday for actions that threaten the presence of Christians in the Holy Land. That's not true. It is only Israel that's protecting them. They would be cutting off not just their nose, but their whole face if they were to do this to Christians because Christians are the ones that go there for vacation and keep all of their tourism alive. And we are the ones that have supported them since they were initiated as a nation even before that and continuously have been there for Israel. This is totally untrue, but they're trying to drive a wedge now between Israel and the Jews. Let's go on. It says, from the times of Israel, we'll start to get to the meat of the truth here. Jerusalem mayor defends taxing churches, only businesses, not houses of worship. So this has nothing to do with the church itself. Jerusalem Mayor Barkat is defending a move to freeze church assets until they pay millions in back taxes to the city. Part of that is the recent decision by the Jerusalem municipality to freeze churches' assets until they cough up millions of shekels in what the city claims are unpaid taxes. Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the places of worship of all churches, all churches are exempt from municipal taxes, and that is the way it will stay. So this has nothing to do with an actual church, right? But does it sound logical to anyone that commercial properties like hotels, halls, and businesses be exempt only because they belong to churches? This is the biggest money-making scam in the universe is religion. We do it in America. They're doing it over there, and they're taking money away from Israel. They have hotels that they rent out. They're making profit. It has nothing to do with the church. And Israel says you need to pay taxes on it. Why should the Mamilla Hotel pay taxes and the Notre Dame Hotel, which is just opposite, be exempt? Barkat says the churches owe some NIS $650 million in back taxes. I'm not prepared for Jerusalem's residents to have to shoulder these huge sums, he says. They've got their own little industries. It's all about money. It's not about the Lord at all. And they're, they're using this against the Jewish state who pays for all of the infrastructure and for all the people that are going to those hotels. It is unfair. Okay. And then from the Middle East, I, Israel backs down, of course, on plans to tax Christian property in Jerusalem. But... Yes, they did. And so the Holy, the church opened up and everybody's happy. But last article, IMFA, Prime Minister Netanyahu, who is no nonsense, establishes a team to formulate a solution for taxes on church properties. That just came out. And so my guess is that they are going to make this happen eventually, and they should. It is not right that churches take advantage of the situation. They have, their churches are exempt. They will never be taxed. They will never be forced to close or anything else. What is happening is not as it is being portrayed in the world. From Islam, what? I read it was the Catholic Church who owned those. Yes. Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. It is the Catholic Church. But there are others as well. You've got the Arminians over there. You've got the Coptics. And they all are pulling these scams, making money at the expense of the infrastructure of the city. From Islam today, <laughs> Zero Hedge. Erdogan sparks outrage after telling sobbing girl, some of you may have seen this, if not, I want you to see what the president of a Islamic nation did to a little girl, okay? If you, she's sobbing, he calls her up on a stage, oh, let me read the article, um, he says, if you are martyred, we will honor you. While addressing a provincial congress of the ruling AKP party, 
The Turkish leader used the occasion to whip up public support for the ongoing military operation targeting Kurdish militias in Syria and remind those who have completed their service but still had active mobilization orders to be ready to be recruited again if the situation requires. He's talking to a bunch of paratroopers and, you know, his army. Good. Let him talk to him. As he was speaking, a young girl who was present at the Congress and was dressed in a military uniform, complete with a maroon beret worn by the Turkish Special Operations Forces, caught Erdogan's attention. He invited the young girl to come to the stage next to him. Come over here, girl. She did so reluctantly, at which point she burst out sobbing. So she's scared and she starts crying there, okay? So here's how he comforts her. Look what you see here, girl. What are you doing here? We have our maroon berets here, but maroon berets never cry. So he's telling her, Stop being a whiner. She has a Turkish flag in her pocket, too, Erdogan then told the audience, embracing the clearly uncomfortable girl. If she is martyred, he's saying this to everybody and saying it right to her face, if she is martyred, they will lay a flag on her, God willing. He then added in a bizarre twist, she is ready for everything, isn't she? The girl confusedly only answered, yes. Erdogan then planted a kiss on the girl's face and let her go. So this is how you instill happiness into children in Islam, just like they do this with the Palestinians constantly. Take your children, have a march in front of people, slap them around if they start crying, and you tell them you're going to die for your country. Okay, you wait until they're a little older to make that decision. From Yahoo, Gaza to pump sewage straight into the sea as crisis worsens. Um, Brian Fagan, the solution to pollution is... Dilution. Very good. Okay. There's, we wastewater people know this. Uh, if you can't get rid of it any other way, you send it out to the ocean and eventually it'll take care of it. But it causes a problem on beaches and stuff in the meantime. Why is this happening? Because they have no idea how to run their own government. They, have, they, they do not have the standard model that they should have, which I was talking about with South Africa. They will never have a working country ever. It doesn't matter how much money we fund in there. It doesn't matter how much money we pump in there. It doesn't matter how many wastewater plants we build. It will never be a properly functioning society ever. Okay. Gaza to pump in the, the sewage straight to the sea as crisis worsens. Municipalities in Gaza announced they will pump sewage straight into the sea from the Fakistinian coastal enclave due to fuel shortages and their desperate humanitarian situation in the strip. The beaches of the Gaza Strip will be completely closed and sewer will be pumped into the sea because the municipalities are unable to provide fuel. We announce a state of emergency in the cities and municipalities of the Gaza Strip. The only power plant in Gaza stopped operating due to lack of fuel, leaving the Strip totally reliant on imports. Here's what they say now. Israel has imposed a crippling blockade on Gaza. Once again, untrue. They're the only people helping them. They're the only people helping them for more than a decade, while Egypt has also largely sealed its border in recent years. Well, Egypt has given a pass and Israel is not with both citing security measures. So it's all Israel's fault once again. And this is one of those things that will only get worse. And it will also cause other troubles because... If you know Israel, they're a lot like Florida, we have what's called reused water. You take your wastewater, you treat it, and then instead of pumping it out to the, the fresh water that you've treated out to the uh, Gulf, you take it and you it's acceptable to be applied on land, okay? And that's what we do. Even in Florida, where we get billions and billions of gallons of rain every month, right, we still reuse our water. We take it and we apply it on the land instead of the extra treatment costs. And that way, you don't have, when there is a time of drought, you don't have a terrible problem because you're already watering things with water that has been used. That in Israel is the standard. Every drop that comes into Israel stays in Israel. But guess what? The water that goes into them just gets pumped out to the sea. And now it's not even being treated before it does. So it shows you the complete inefficiency of their society. We have spent over the past 20 or so years on that little piece of land billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's been siphoned off by the leaders. It's been made into uh, armament, but none of it has gone to help the people. It would be paradise there if they had simply used that money the way they should have, but it'll never be that way. From the Times of Israel, U.S. opens tough Saudi nuke talks in shadow of Iran deal. The Trump admin is opening talks with Saudi Arabia on a potentially lucrative atomic energy agreement that's inextricably linked to an Obama-era nuclear deal with Iran. At stake, billions of dollars in contracts for U.S. companies and bigger questions about America's ability to keep friend and foe alike from reaching nuclear weapons capability. 
The meeting comes as the Arab powerhouse explores a civilian nuclear energy program, possibly without restrictions on uranium enrichment and reprocessing that would be required under a U.S. cooperation deal. But there's a catch. The Saudis have indicated that they might accept such curbs if a separate nuclear deal with its arch foe Iran is tightened. It's not going to happen. So we've got this possibility, but it ain't coming about. All right. The separate negotiations over Saudi and Iranian nuclear capabilities put American officials in the middle of the great balance of power of the modern Middle East. The Saudis are loath to sign away their ability to move closer to a bomb making capability, while Iran is bound by a 2015 nuclear accord that will become increasingly lenient over the next decade. When Obama blessed the nuclear compromise with Tehran, his officials insisted they weren't weakening nonproliferation standards for everyone else. But that difficult task has fallen to President Trump and the Saudis. Among his closest allies are now asking a simple question. If Iran can enrich, which they can, why can't we? So you can see what our previous president has done and how he set up this world for a real disaster. All right, from Arat Shiva. PLO declares economic war against the United States. Oh, yeah. oh they can't even manage their own budget. And they're going to wage economic war against us. From Zero Hedge, Merkel, Germany, Merkel finally acknowledges German no-go zones and she vows to eliminate them. She caused the problem, and now she says, finally, because they've been saying this for years now, there are places that German citizens cannot go without being raped, murdered, etc. She finally says, it's true. Okay, and I'll fix it. I wouldn't elect her ever again for anything. I'd, as a matter of fact, I'd unelect her and I'd send her out of Germany. Send her down to Syria where she wants to be or something. From BBC, Iran wrestling officials that I brought up last week, they got their two-year sentence and one-year sentence. Iran wrestling officials resign over Israeli competition ban. Good for them. Out. Okay, Mongolia. Mongolia this week, Aki Press, Mongolia to conduct national census in 2020. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Mongolia will conduct a national population and housing census in 2020. The census plan was approved at a meeting of the State Commission on Population and Housing Census 2020, chaired by Mongolian Prime Minister Ukna, I can't pronounce his last name. The regular census will start at midnight of January 8th through January 9th, 2020, nationwide, and will run for seven days. The final results of the census will be announced in June of the same year. The statistical law of Mongolia states that a national census will be conducted every 10 years. Mongolia's population reached 3.2 million by December 2017. So, great stuff. Time for the census in Mongolia, and I hope they do it more fairly than we do it here in the U.S. Okay, Daniel 12. I entitled this, I See. And the I is E-Y-E. I See. USA Today. Google hopes AI can predict heart disease by looking at a retina. Google says that such a method is as accurate as predicting cardiovascular disease through more invasive measures that involve sticking a needle in a patient's arm. Medical researchers have previously shown some correlation between retinal vessels and the risk of a major cardiovascular episode. Using the retinal image, Google says it was able to quantify this association and 70% of the time accurately predict which patient within five years would experience a heart attack or other major cardiovascular event and which patient would not. Those results were in line with testing methods that require blood to be drawn to measure a patient's cholesterol. So we can get the same results by looking at your eye with a scanner now that it used to be pulling out blood from your arm. Science Daily. AI quickly and accurately diagnoses eye diseases and pneumonia. Using AI and machine learning techniques, researchers have developed a new computational tool to screen patients with common but blinding retinal diseases, potentially speeding diagnoses and treatment. The study focused on two common causes of irreversible blindness, macular degeneration and diabetic macular edema. Both conditions, however, are treatable if detected early. Machine-driven diagnoses were compared with diagnoses from five ophthalmologists who reviewed the same scans. 
In addition to making a medical diagnosis, the AI platform also generated a referral and treatment recommendation not done in previous studies. With simple training, the machine performed similar to a well-trained ophthalmologist and could generate a decision on whether or not the patient should be referred for treatment within 30 seconds with more than 95% accuracy. They put you up, they scan you, 30 seconds later, it gives you a recommendation with 95% accuracy. It is amazing. And one more, OrCam. This is just something that somebody posted a link. Lisa over in uh, Australia posted a link on her Prophecy website. And I thought it was kind of cool. So it's, it's something that's already out there that's being sold. But if you guys have bad vision or you have a hard time with something, this is really cool. And it's also good for people that are blind. OrCam My Eye 2.0 is an artificial vision device with a smart camera. It's right on the side of your glasses that instantly reads text aloud. So if you can't read, you hold up the paper and it reads it to you, okay? From any surface and recognizes faces, products, and money in real time. So you hold up a bill and it says that's a $2 bill or $2 bill. I haven't had those in a while. Anyway, at least it's not a $3 bill, okay? So, all right. So it can recognize all of that stuff, um, reads any printed or digital text, newspapers, books, restaurant menus, signs, product labels, computer and smartphone screens, real-time identification of faces, recognizes products. I already said that. All you have to do is point. You just point at what you want to see, and it'll tell you all of that information with a little thing in your ear, okay? Recognizes simple hand gestures, maybe for, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, what do you call it? Sign language or driving or what? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, when I'm driving, I'm like, would you? Okay, anyway. (laughs) Ideal for use at work or at school, at home or on the go. Good for all ages and any level of vision. So if you just need a little boost and you can't read in the restaurant, turn that baby on. It'll do it for you. And you know me, I go to the restaurant, I never take my glasses. I forget them every time, and then I either have to ask for them, or Jim, if I'm with him at IHOP, he's, here, use mine, and if not, then I have to have the girl come back and read me the numbers, right? Because I I always forget it, so that would be something that would be good, but I should probably just remember my glasses. Okay, from uh, Revelation Plagues today, from Newsmax, new superbug typhoid strain tied to Pakistan outbreak. So Pakistan's got this trouble now. An outbreak is being caused by an extensive drug-resistant superbug strain, a sign that treatment options for the bacterial disease are running out. We have seen this with disease after disease after disease over the past two years. This world, when the ball drops, is going to be in utter chaos. I am so glad to know Jesus and to know, you know what, whatever any other prophecy teacher teaches you about uh, mid-trip or post-trip rapture, they're wrong. Okay, I defended that a while ago. They are wrong. It is a pre-trib rapture and we will be out of here. The Lord is not going to let his bride go through and be punished along with the rest of the world, okay? But having said that, it is going to be very bad for the people left behind, including stuff like this. Researchers from Britain's Welcome Sanger Institute who analyzed the genetics of the typhoid strain found it had mutated and acquired an extra piece of DNA to become resistant to multiple antibiotics. The researcher found the bacterial strain causing the outbreak is now resistant to five antibiotics in total, more seen than in any outbreak before. This outbreak was caused by multi-drug resistant strain that had gone a step further and acquired an extra piece of DNA encoding additional genes for antibiotic resistance. Very scary. You know, it's it, the whole world is heading in this direction. Like I said, typhoid here, we've had them with uh, gonorrhea and syphilis and all of these other things are developing strains that cannot be fixed with antibiotics. It is just getting really bad. From Mail Online, Lhasa fever, which is very highly, it, it kills a lot of folks. Lhasa fever in Nigeria kills 73 as outbreak of deadly virus continues to spiral just days after the World Health Organization warned the disease is an urgent threat. Health officials warn cases of Lhasa fever have rocketed by nearly 50% in a single week. At least 913 suspected cases of the disease have been recorded so far in 2018. Lhasa fever can cause bleeding, and without treatment, it can kill. All right, zero hedge. Once again, all these pills we're taking in America, we're destroying our nation. Big Pharma's war on our children. One million kids under the age of six on psychiatric drugs. Six. Can you imagine that? You don't want to deal with your two-year-old anymore, so you just give it drugs and you put it in a corner and they end up going to a school 12 years later and shooting the school and then it's blamed on a gun. 
when the parents wouldn't take care of their own child. Zero hedge. America uses 30 times, 30 times more opioids than is medically necessary for a population its size. 30 times more opioids. We have ruined this nation with that drug. As I said, I said last week, I'm going to say it every time that I bring up an opioid article. When you go to the hospital, the first thing that you are to tell them is no opioids. And if it's me, I'm actually, I, I am the most anti-tattoo person on the planet. But I'm thinking about getting a tattoo right here that says no opioids because I don't want to ever have to go through that. Somebody that I know, a very, very good friend of mine that I love, this past week when I mentioned the opioids, well, another guy that he attends church on, they both watch, but uh, one of them attends church online, he said, keep talking about that. He said, keep talking about it because it's important, I know. But another one said that he was given opioids and he, uh, his, uh, what do you call it, uh, prescription had run out. And he said, I know I'm not going to get another thing. And so I went, well, what do you call cold turkey? And he described it. He said it was terrible. It, it was terrible. terrible. He, uh, the words he used, I can't remember. He, says it, he said it felt like I had um, blood that was made of crystals or something. It was scratching from the inside and then something on the outside. He said it was horrible. But he's over it. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And if that guy needs prayer, he can email me and I'll be praying for him every day because I don't want to see anybody go through this opioid problem. No opioids. Tattoo. Uh, morality today. Mail online. First transgender recruit has signed up for the military. Okay, we've set that mark now and it's just going to flood in after this. Pentagon reveals after Defense Secretary Mattis defied Trump's demand for a ban last year. Trump treated a call for a ban on transgender people serving in the military, but the courts intervened. They try to blame it on Mattis, but it's the courts that did this. He just had to abide by the law. Okay, so he didn't really defy him other than the fact that he had no choice to defy him. From the Washington Times, growing body of research rejects transgender movement. The latest contribution to the debate is when Harry became Sally, a just released book by the Heritage Foundation critiques the transgender movement on the grounds of metaphysics, medicine, and public policy. Contrary to the movement's central claim that gender identity determines whether someone is a man, a woman, or something else, Mr. Anderson said that the only rationale for determining an organism's sex is by that organism's organization with respect to sexual reproduction. Human beings are a sexually dimorphic species with complementary reproductive systems that are either male or female. One's sex is evident in DNA, it can be tracked in the womb, and manifests itself in many of our bodily systems and organs all the way down to the molecular level. So you change your gender from boy to girl or girl to boy, it doesn't change who you are as an individual at all. All you've done is messed yourself up. All right, from the Christian Post, Georgia Senate I've entitled the entire Prophecy Update today, Georgia on My Mind. Ah, what a great song. Here we go. Georgia Senate passes bill exempting faith-based adoption agencies from working with gay couples. Okay? Nothing racial about it or prejudice or whatever word you want to use for the day. SB 375 would amend the official code of the Georgia annotated to allow religious adoption agencies to refuse to provide services that contradict their beliefs. The bill doesn't prevent gay couples from adopting. This is how they're getting around it. It notes that should a faith-based agency refuse to accept a referral, the state will immediately refer those services to another child-placing agency. They're allowing a person to not be forced to work against his belief. That's all they're doing there. The General Assembly finds that child-placing agencies have the right to provide services in accordance with the agency's sincerely held religious beliefs. Good job, Georgia. I'm on their side, okay? I, I like Georgia. I have no problems with Georgia, except driving through Atlanta during rush hour. It is the worst. It is the single worst. I, listen, I've been to the Philippines. When I was there in the 80s in Manila, I saw one traffic light in the entire city, and this is a giant, giant city, okay? There is no such thing as a line. It's a V. Everywhere you go, people pushing in and just, you know, it wasn't as bad as going through Georgia at rush hour, I'm telling you, <laughs> or Atlanta during rush hour. You're doing, what, 95 miles an hour in a 55 zone because everybody else is pushing you to do this. It, it is very, very scary. I'm not, a, I'm not a driver to begin with, and doing that is just, oh, wow, hair standing up on my back thinking about it. 
Okay. Uh, oh, you know, one thing before I get in, I mentioned the update here, the name of it. Uh, last week when I did the update, okay, I put the wrong date on the update. It was 25 February last week, but I put 20 February. I'm asleep when I'm done with this editing and stuff. I mean, I'm just done. The day is long. And uh, so I did it, and some people posted it to my Facebook wall. Well, I don't read Facebook at least until Wednesday. And so it's Wednesday before I even realized that there was a problem. So if you ever see me do something really stupid, just email me directly. And that way, I do check the emails for important things and prayers and stuff like that. But I was so embarrassed, you know. Leave it up to Charlie to just screw up everything. Okay, from our other category, from Zero Hedge, Georgia on my mind. Georgia Senate effectively blocks Delta tax break bill after NRA rejection. I know you know this. I'm going to read it anyway because I want anybody that hasn't heard this to know where Georgia stands. Following Georgia Lieutenant Governor's threats earlier in the day, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that the Georgia Senate has effectively blocked a lucrative tax bill on Monday that would benefit Delta Airlines. Delta has angled for years to restore the tax break. Now, Delta owns Atlanta Terminal. They are 99.9236% of the planes at that airport are Delta. Okay, if you fly out of Sarasota, you're going to go through Atlanta and you're going to go on Delta. Almost always. It's just they, they run Atlanta. Okay, so... Um, It says uh, they've blocked this tax bill for them. Delta has angled for years to get rid of it, which would save them $40 million annually. And because they said NRA, uh, they used to give a discount, like 5% for NRA people, okay? And if you uh, fly on Delta, they would give you this discount if you're an NRA member. They've lost a $40 million tax deduction because of their stand on this. Now, here it goes. It was first adopted in the mid-2000s when the company was struggling. But lawmakers nixed it in 2015 when Delta officials got on the wrong side of lawmakers looking for extra cash for infrastructure improvements. But the measure is now effectively grounded after Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle said he would not support the $50 million, it says here. So there must be some other breaks in there. Jet fuel sales tax exemption unless the Atlanta-based airline reverses its decision to end discounted rates for NRA members. He joined a chorus of conservatives who opposed the measure after Delta announced its decision Saturday. Senate Minority Leader Steve Henson called Republicans hypocrites. Republican leaders said Delta tax cuts created jobs that were good for business, said Henson, a Democrat from Tucker. But Republican fear of the NRA is evidently more important than the Georgia business climate, jobs, or the well-being of Georgia citizens. First off, it doesn't help the citizens at all. It helps. Uh, it actually helps the citizens because they get to keep that money instead of giving it to Delta. Secondly, Delta is going nowhere. That, that is their airport. That was given to them at a time of need when they would have folded if they didn't give it to them. They don't need it. They don't deserve it. And thirdly, Zero Hedge. Delta reveals only 13 passengers used the NRA discount, which cost their airline $40 million in tax breaks. 13 people said, I'm an NRA member and I'd like your $2 off. 13 people. Okay, I have no sympathy on them at all. And if I can avoid Delta in the future, I will avoid Delta in the future. There are good airlines. They've always been, you know, very prompt. They're not delayed like some of these guys. But I, I, it's a matter of principle with me. If I can avoid them, I will. Okay, Zero Hedge, FedEx. My brother works for FedEx. FedEx refuses to bow to pressure, won't discriminate against NRA members. Good job, FedEx. From Zero Hedge, Ohio Sheriff. Remember, he offered 50 slots for uh, free for uh, teachers last week. I said um, he wants to give free gun classes to any teachers that want it. He said 50, okay? This is the same guy. Ohio Sheriff offers free gun training to 50 teachers. He's forced to cap it at 300 after a huge response. These teachers are scared of being shot. They want to go in there. He said, I will do all 300, but I can't do any more. Good job, Sheriff. He gets my... My uh, thumb of the week, okay? And you know what? If I think of it, if I think of it, I'll write him a letter this week and just thank him for his stand. But I'll probably forget. If anybody emails me and reminds me, that'll be a, a big help. Miami Herald, students in Louisiana thought this math symbol looked like a gun. Police were called. 
A discussion among students about a mathematical symbol led to a police investigation and a search of one of the students' homes. Detectives investigated a report of terroristic threats at the school where they learned that a student had been completing a math problem that required drawing the square root sign. Students in the group began commenting that the symbol, which represents a number that when multiplied by itself equals another number, looked like a gun. After several students made comments along those lines, another student said something that the sheriff's office said could have sounded like a threat out of context. Yeah, I'd like to have that gun and, you know, pow, 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 or something, whatever. Police searched those students' home where they found no guns or any evidence that he had any access to guns. Authorities also wrote that there was no evidence the student had any intent to commit harm all over a square root sign. Oh, what a world we're living. But we can't arrest somebody that 39 times has been reported to the police, right? CNBC. More Americans now support a universal basic income. This is bad because when people start thinking they deserve it, they are going to vote to get it. This is very bad. A poll from 10 years ago showed just 12% of Americans approved a universal basic income. That's changed and quickly. Today, 48% of Americans support it. 48% think that the government should just send them free money. Right? It's a free gift. Yeah. Um, according to a survey of more than 3,000 U.S. adults, proposals for universal basic income programs vary, but the most common one is a system in which the federal government sends out regular checks to everyone, regardless of their earnings or employment. So if you're Bill Gates and you make $50 billion a year, you're still going to get the same money. Okay. Pilots of uh, such programs are underway in Finland and Canada. In rural Kenya, a basic income is managed by a nonprofit give directly. India, with a population of more than 1.3 billion residents, is considering establishing a universal basic income. The claim is often made that if you give people a basic income, they'll become lazy and stop doing work. Well, you know, if it was me, I'd say, well, glad. I, I take it and I keep working, right? But they, they don't talk about all of the people. They just talk about the people that wouldn't be affected by this. If you have a regular job, you're not going to quit your job for getting 400 bucks a month. You're going to say thank you for the $400 a month, okay? But it says um, it's an insult to the human condition. Basic incomes tend to increase people's work rather than reduce it. Okay, I don't know if they can establish that or not. I have no idea. But it is not a basic an insult to the human condition because we do it anyway. We do it with welfare. We do it with food stamps. We do it with Medicaid. We do it with Medicare. We do it with all of these programs anyway. And so it can't be what they're saying it is. And it says that's because research has shown that a basic income can improve people's mental and physical health as well as encourage them to pursue employment for reasons more meaningful than just a need to put food on the table. That's where it is completely wrong. And we know this every single weekend when we're down in the projects because we gave them, we give them a basic income every month of their life. We give them a house where it costs almost nothing to live in. They get discounts from Comcast. They get discounts from Verizon. They, everybody that they deal with, they, get, they, they live their lives freely and they will not get up and work. We know this five generations in a single house and we see it every single week of our life. This is an untrue article. They think that they are helping and they are only going to make things worse on the American economy if they do this. But if 48% want it, it's probably going poll. to happen. I know, but it's a poll. But if 48% of the poll says it, then that means that pretty soon 48% of the people are going to say, well, that sounds like a good idea. Hillary was supposed to win by that. That's right. From the Washington Times lawsuit, 100,000 non-citizens registered to vote in Pennsylvania. 100,000, they've proved it. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, which has identified similar non-citizen voting problems in the states of Virginia, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, officials have admitted non-citizens have been registering and voting in the state for decades, and they know this. But state officials have stonewalled PILF requests for access to the data that could expose the problem. Pennsylvania had admitted already to a glitch dating back to the 90s. There's no glitch, I don't believe that, that allowed non-citizens applying to renew driver's licenses to be offered the chance to register to vote. And they know this is going on. This is only four states that they've looked at, and all four have this giant problem. Hello. Okay, from People Magazine. Does anybody remember what happened when uh, Mike Pence said what he said a couple weeks ago about Jesus, Jesus speaking to him, oh, right? Yeah. And the context was, if, I, if I'm correct, the context was that Jesus speaks to him every morning, just like uh, Cruz said during the, uh, the, the thing, God speaks to me every day. I read my Bible, okay? 
Does, everybody remembers the blowback he got from that from the news? Now, listen to this article and tell me if you heard the exact same blowback, okay? The exact same blowback that you got on Pence. People magazine. Oprah Winfrey reveals the one thing that can make her run for president. God, if you think I'm supposed to run, you got to tell me. It's exactly, exactly, right? You know, if she would pick this book up and read it, and if she would follow what it says, and maybe she could make a logical decision in her life. And then she could say, well, I'm going to do this or that with my life. Okay? But nobody has said a word about it. Oh, God speaks to her. God is going to speak to her. Right? It, it's totally one-sided in this nation. Okay, got a, actually not a less It's his wife did this one. Doing math used the shape of a gun to figure the square root of one. Stupidity's tops when they call in the cops and the news picks up the story to run. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's hear. I got two ironies of the week for you, and we will be done. Our first one is from Zero Hedge. I've got to read you the content as well. The title is ironic, but you have to know the content. So, Russian, I don't do doping, bobsledder fails doping test. Just days before she appeared in an Instagram video wearing an I don't do doping t-shirt. And then the next two days later, she was caught for doping. So there's your irony. And then Mail Online, glamorous beauty contestant who beat 4,000 women. This is a good-looking contestant, I'm telling you what. To reach the final of Miss Virtual Kazakhstan. I didn't know they had a uh, uh, Miss Kazakhstan. She uh, beat 4,000 women to reach the final of the Miss Virtual Kazakhstan. Shocks the judges after revealing he was a man. He just wanted to see if he could win, and he did. Yeah, so such is the world we live in, from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.